Hello, and welcome back. For this week's podcast, we're joined once again by Alex and Gary, who's speaking with us about the relationship and sometimes conflict between energy development and migratory birds across Africa. Alex tells us how both sides can strike a balance of benefits by if you like this episode, like to follow more on this project, please follow links in the description. And if you'd like to support us, you can make a donation at restoralplant.org or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Enjoy the conversation. Hello and welcome back to Restoral Planet Podcast with me, your host, Jack Cole. So today I'm joined once again by Alex Ngari from BirdEyes International, who's based in Nairobi, and he's been telling us a little bit about migratory birds and his, his uh, flyways program that he's the manager of and energy development across the continent. So Alex, welcome. And you start by telling us a little bit about your background and the work that you've been up to. Yeah, thank you very much, Jack, for having me again. Uh, my name is Alex Ngari. I work for BirdLife International. Uh, the Africa office uh, based in Nairobi, Kenya, <clears throat> and um, uh, one of the one of the activities or one of the mandates of BirdLife International is to conserve migratory birds. The flyways, the important site for migratory species uh, in the continent, and um, uh, the program is is important for of course all the continents due to the nature of birds. And uh, uh, this 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 is very important uh, program for BirdLife because again BirdLife is a is a partnership organization having partners across the globe, and of course the migratory birds are, are, are widespread, and therefore we uh, we 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 take action across across various continents in the in the world. So for for Africa, I am the focal point for. Of the flyways and migratory species. Um, of course, migratory birds are important uh, component of our wildlife or nature, and uh, they are a unique, you know, group of birds because uh, they are the way uh, they survive is by moving or escaping, you know, bad seasons. Uh, you know that uh, in the world we have. Uh, two extreme seasons, which is uh, which are normally manifested in a southern or northern hemisphere. We have summer and we have winter. And um, what birds have adapted to do is they usually escape the very cold uh, seasons, and therefore they have to migrate from very cold seasons or places to the warm areas. And when the warm um, season re returns, that is the summer, they normally move to those to those to those regions. So in a way, they make you know cyclic movements, and they have to travel uh, north south twice every year. And the many birds cover thousands of kilometers. Therefore, uh, migratory birds, the flyways, the migratory corridors, it co constitute a very unique component of our planet. And therefore, everybody, all the organizations, all the systems need to mind migratory birds whenever they are operating. More specifically, where are those flyways and which bird species uh, undergo the, the journeys? Yeah, very good question, Jack. Um, 
uh, we have different kind of birds and uh, these different kind of birds have different strategies to migrate from one point to another. Uh, uh, the first group of birds uh, which I would like to talk about is the water birds. You know, the water birds are those birds that depend on water bodies for their survival. So you would imagine that uh, a water bird will move from one water body to another. So their movements and their stopping sites, uh, uh, the, the, the sites that they utilize for their survival, are more or less predictable. You will know that um, a certain water bird will move from uh, one wetland site to another. A good example is the, the Rift Valley Lake system in Africa, uh, which is a, a system of lakes. And therefore, water birds in their migratory cycles will move from, for example, Lake Baringo to Lake, Lake you know, Lake Natron, then going southwards. And they would use the same route when they're going upwards to Northern Hemisphere. So that is one group of birds. The other group of birds are called um, migratory land birds. So migratory land birds have, have actually do not have very specific routes that they take. They move on a broad front, which means that, that it is very hard for you to predict where a particular bird will be at a, at a particular point because they are really not following any resource resources or very explicit resources like water bodies they they move uh you know anyhow nevertheless uh, within the migratory land birds we have also different categories <clears throat> we have those uh, those birds which uh, have sort of evolved to identify certain migratory corridors in which case most of these birds are large-bodied birds which we call migratory souring birds like the vultures like the white stock the black stock and what these birds have done over time they have been able to identify uh, you know earth services that provide excellent environmental conditions for them to be able to move from one point to another in very in a very easy manner you know basically without expending a lot of their energy uh, to flap their wings to move from one point to another so what migratory birds do they take advantage of the rising thermals you know uh, when there is when the sun is up in the sky they it heats the heart you know differently so you have places that are warmer and there are places that are cooler and that differential in terms of heating what happens is that you have rising thermos so you have like weed uh, going up in the sky and when this wind is going up in the sky the migratory showering birds take advantage of those rising thermos to go high up in the sky without basically spending any energy so once they are up high in the sky very high when they the thermos stop lifting them up so what they just do is to spread their wings and they start 
gliding. So when they are gliding, they can take hundreds of kilometers from to move from one point to another. So they are clever. They are clever guys. <laughs> so uh, that is one group of birds uh, which are calling migratory showering birds, falling into the category of uh, land birds. So the other group of land birds are these passerines. They are small guys, and uh, these guys are tough also because part of their migratory strategy means that uh, they they eat a lot. Just before they migrate, they eat a lot because they are not able to use the rising thumbs. They have to actively flap their wings to move from one point to another. So they need that energy. And when the birds are migrating, you know, the chances of eating, the chances of feeding, I mean, it is it is a tough exercise. So they have to be prepared for that. So they stock up their 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 bodies. They feed a lot. They stock up their bodies with fat, and this is the fat that they use to generate energy when they are migrating. So uh, very good guys also. So so in the category of um, of uh, migratory land birds, uh, the the passerines, you you get species like the um, the the the, the band swallow, you know the swallows, the swifts, the um, the turtle dove, you know, yeah, quite several species. So in smaller the, birds, in that yeah, yeah, small birds, correct. Okay, yeah. now moving on to threats, I imagine that you know all three types there face a variety of different threats on their journeys. Some, of course, being quite natural, predatory, um, but others perhaps more recent with uh, the influence of human development and growth and urbanization and things. So what yeah. are specifically some of those threats that these species uh, face on their journeys? Great. So before I go to that question, uh, Jack, I would like to express or speak about how important Africa is uh, with regard to, to migratory birds. So you see how Af uh, how Africa is positioned when you look at the planet. So you have an extensive continent which moves from north-south and you have a massive continent above it. So you're talking about uh, Eurasia, e Europe and Asia, a massive continent close to the North Pole, which means uh, this continent, this Eurasia, experiences cold and 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 uh, and summer uh, you know both extremes you know at different times of the year and you have this continent uh, which is very close to it uh, which actually uh, adjoins it uh, you know africa and it moves all the way from north to south so basically uh, uh, what happens is that when birds are when it is winter time in Eurasia, the birds find it, I mean, very easy. You know, they have, a, they have a resource, which is Africa, to use to escape the bad season in Northern Hemisphere. So what we normally say is that uh, Africa is at the center of African Eurasian flyway region. So uh, Africa basically makes the the migration happen 
so a lot of we experience a lot of billions of birds uh, in africa uh when it is winter in the north and uh, so we host a lot of birds and uh, and africa of course has, has good and variety of habitats and uh, actually a lot of birds or most birds spend even 75 percent of their time of their lifetime in africa so so really it's a it's 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 it's, it's a continent which for which birds don't want to move out from but birds have to do that because in the north uh, summer provides abundant excellent productivity uh, uh, conditions and therefore birds have to move there and take advantage of that and even breed there so uh in a nutshell that is the importance uh, of of africa with respect to migratory species so going to, to your question about uh, threats and that uh, migratory birds are facing in africa uh there are quite a number and uh that is actually why bird life is in existence because we are here to our mandate is to conserve our mandate is to uh, to work with other people in partnership with other people with other organizations to address the threats facing birds but also facing migratory species so uh, one of the major threat that birds are facing in africa is illegal killing and taking over the years human beings in africa and in other places of course have evolved you know systems that are in sync with migratory species in africa we have many hunters uh, and uh, in africa we have people who you know take away birds either illegally or legally and uh, when we talk about illegal taking uh, illegal killing and taking of birds we are talking about millions being taken every single season in mediterranean in the in the mediterranean alone the mediterranean region that is north africa uh, uh, we have um, more than 5 million uh, birds being taken away from the world illegally so the population of birds or the numbers that are taken away from the world are of course more than 5 million so combining illegal killing and legally killed all taken birds so that's a major threat and bird life has um has been intervening in various ways uh, raising resources to combat illegal killing and taking of birds <clears throat> and um and and some of the activities that we are involved in is public education public awareness and uh, you know a capacity building with especially the law enforcers to ensure that at least the birds do not go away because somebody is breaking the law so enforcing so or rather um a, a, you know strengthening the law enforcement structures in various countries uh, that has been happening uh, quite a lot in North Africa, in places like Egypt, in places like Tunisia, in places like Morocco. And um, 
in other parts of the of Africa it is also happening uh, we are doing studies especially on in, on vultures uh, on parrots and uh, fighting and detecting the illegal activities and reporting those issues to the authorities so uh, we have a number of projects that are currently ongoing in the region and to address the illegal killing and taking of birds the other aspects or the other threat uh, which is really uh, serious is a loss of habitats uh, due to land use and land use change including the pollution and when you talk about land use change or uh, land use it's it's a uh, there are many factors that are basically anthropogenic in nature that come into play so we are talking about expanding population in africa people need to eat uh, so they need to far to, to 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 farm and therefore what is happening is that with increasing population they need to expand land for agriculture also comes in so the good habitats the once good habitats uh, for the migratory species are slowly being taken away for food production and therefore bird life has detected this as a major issue and they are we are coming in to to address it in various ways um for example um uh, we are working with various governments to ensure that uh, deforestation is curtailed uh we have land use you know uh, uh procedures or uh, uh land land use management uh, uh, tools in place for various uh, ecosystems and we have identified a uh, quite a number of uh, you know like 1200 uh, you know sites in africa which are considered to be important for conservation of birds and the majority of these or quite a good number of those uh, sites are also important for migratory species so most of our actions as bad life are 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 focusing on these 1200 uh, sites and the corridors and the corridors or the flyways that connect them so we have quite a good number in uh, uh, across the continent and we have identified those are sites that are that are important for 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 migratory species for targeted action the other um problem and which is actually the topic of our discussion today is infrastructure and specifically the energy infrastructure and the uh, energy infrastructure is actually an emerging and very important uh, threat to migratory birds especially big bodied birds the big bodied birds are those birds are that are not able to quickly maneuver away or around from dangerous energy infrastructure and when you talk about energy infrastructure you are talking about you know wind turbines we are talking about energy evacuation or power evacuation infrastructure like the pylons like the uh, you know the the cables or the power lines and you wouldn't believe the number of birds that are being killed as we speak by energy infrastructure especially the power lines so what happens with power lines 
I mean, you, we, we all know that um, <laughs> Africa is a power deficit continent. Around uh, half a billion people in Africa have no access to power. So what is happening? So governments, investors, financial institutions are coming on the same table and saying we have a problem here, which is energy poverty in Africa. And we can do something about it. So you'll see the, a lot of emergence of uh, you know power generation, power transmission, and power production, uh, 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 power distribution projects across the continent. Every government wants to. I mean, there is no way you can develop without power. So every government is putting energy production, energy sufficiency uh, into their development agenda as a priority sector. So. For example, if you look at the, the Rift Valley, you have a, quite a good number of geothermal uh, projects that are being initiated or that have been recently been initiated by various governments. Uh, you are talking about climate change. So climate change, the fossil fuels, therefore governments and you know investors are talking about renewable energy. And renewable energy uh, in our context is basically solar. You are looking at geothermal, you are looking at uh, hydro dams, uh, hydroelectric dams, and also you are looking at weed, <coughs> weed farms. So the major problem comes in when this energy infrastructure is badly deployed. You can have a very good wind farm with very good intentions, but the moment you place the wind farms in a migratory corridor, you jeopardize hundreds, thousands of migratory species that use that corridor. Again, if you deploy your power lines in a way that is not friendly to birds, you end up killing many of them, killing through electrocution and killing through, uh, you know, collisions. So, Energy infrastructure is occupying, as we speak, a very important uh, section in the threat categories that we are addressing in Africa. And finally, the compounding factor is climate change. Africa is being impacted by climate change. So when there is illegal killing, when there is loss of habitat, expanding settlements and infrastructure, and you add the climate change into the question, then we have, you know, not a very good uh, position with regard to migratory species. And um, uh, with regard to, uh, for example, um, energy infrastructure, bird life has taken um, this issue very seriously. And uh, we have developed projects that donors are happy about. They understand our problem and we've been able to even approach donors like GEF and the UNDP uh, to help us mainstream, uh, you know, migratory birds conservation considerations into various sectors, including energy. Uh, the GEF uh, funded project is a, is a very successful project, which is operating along the Red Sea and the Rift Valley Migratory Corridor. 
And uh, within this project, we are engaging various stakeholders, especially in the energy sector, to ensure that the, the designs of the pylons that are transmitting power, the way the power lines are deployed, the way they are configured on the pylons, actually takes care or are informed by the conservation of our migratory, migratory birds. Uh, we have engaged various governments uh, in, in, in Ethiopia, in, in Djibouti, in Egypt, to ensure that the, the, the wind farms that are built actually considers in terms of placement, in terms of siting, they consider the migratory birds question because collisions can have a very, you know, uh, detrimental effect on migratory birds at a population level. Same case applies to power lines. Uh, majority of uh, uh, birds that, are, that, that die uh, from energy infrastructure die through electrocution and collisions with with power lines. And what BirdLife has been doing is, is, is very easy um, and very targeted. We have made collaborations. Um, we have made collaborations with many stakeholders. We have uh, taken the, 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 you know, the, the lead in terms of capacity building uh, to ensure that mainstreaming happens. As an infrastructure uh, expands, it expands in a way that is friendly to birds and in a way that is sustainable. Fantastic. What are the direct or indirect negative effects that the disruption to migratory birds have on human societies? Um, yes, I will, good question. That I, I will still focus on, on energy because that is our topic of our discussion today. Um, what usually happens is that uh, whenever there is a, an interaction between a bird and a power line, for example, is that there is usually a power interruption. There is power outage. And uh, when there is power outage, you can imagine the amount of losses that the company that is distributing power, uh, you know, servers, and also the businesses that are that are supported by the impacted power line. So you can imagine if you have fifty birds interacting with power um, power lines, you can imagine of fifty interruptions, which means the company is not able to sell uh, power to the people. It also means then that uh, the company spends more of its maintenance resources to go and fix lines that have been disrupted by birds. And when you cascade the impact to the customers, then you find those are big losses. In fact, a, a study has been conducted in South Africa and it has been estimated that a 65 million US dollars are lost annually because of birds and power infrastructure interactions alone that is a huge amount mm. so uh these are uh, some of the negative interactions 
of course on the on the positive side i mean there are many benefits that uh birds bring to human beings uh migratory birds are unique they are uh, sweet to see and they are our visitors you know uh you know oh you can imagine uh, someone from south africa uh, watching a bird flying all the way from finland you know how i mean it's amazing it's it's uh, it's something to marvel about how did they know that you know it's it's fantastic and at the same time is someone from finland saying oh this guy this guy is coming all the way from south africa fantastic these are these are the guys that we need to be with they are our ambassadors you know we love them so i mean they are extraordinary a group of a part of our nature which we need to to keep so looking into the future now say perhaps 5 or 10 years as you know um the energy sector continues to grow across africa how are organizations like birdlife and the collaborations you've mentioned how are those looking to grow and expand and improve over the coming years yeah great question jack um the position that birdlife has taken is that we cannot do it alone we have to collaborate with others to make it happen we have to collaborate with every willing individual to ensure that migratory birds are conserved because of one very simple reason if you if you are so good at conserving migratory species in 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 one of african countries like tanzania you are very good at that and this bird migrates all the way to egypt and Egypt is not in a good position to take care of the birds what happens is that all the efforts spent in Tanzania become lose value because we are likely to lose the birds so what is what bird life is happening what what we are doing as bird life we are forming these collaborations and we are forming collaborations at uh, different levels uh, of intervention uh we are forming collaborations with the financial institutions uh the banks that are lending governments money and the banks that are lending private sector money to develop the um, you know the energy sector the power grid managers those organizations or those institutions at national level that manage the grid the ones that are in a position to say we are going to change the design of the pylon and the way we deploy power lines so that our power lines and um our grid network is nature friendly we are also uh, collaborating with the wildlife management authorities for example in ethiopia we are collaborating with the um, with the national uh with ethiopian wildlife conservation agency uh, through our partners in ethiopia called ethiopian wildlife uh, ethiopian natural history society and sorry ethiopian uh wildlife and natural history society yeah that's the correct name we have facilitated a name for you among us uh, uh three key national agencies conservation agency and the two power utilities in ethiopia to form an an uh to come up with a name for you 
which is basically says we are going to work together for the betterment of our energy sector for the benefit of people and energy sector in Ethiopia. And uh, it is working because what has happened is that uh, we have uh, identified the black spots where uh, migratory birds are being killed by energy infrastructure. And therefore, we are in the process of acquiring the retrofitting material. You know, the, 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 the kind of gadgets that will help us to, to turn the tide around the killer power lines such that they become safe for migratory birds. So um, that is working very well. Uh, the other uh, the other part of, of collaboration that we are looking into and we are very, very much active in terms of progressing is the policymaking, uh, 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 policymaking area. And uh, a lot of effort from bird life has got into uh, collaborating with the, the Convention on Migratory Species, or what you like to call CMS. And uh, within CMS, there is an explicit uh, energy agenda, and BirdLife is quite active in that agenda. And uh, BirdLife, as we speak, is coordinating uh, what we are calling Energy Task Force. Uh, energy Task Force is supposed to catalyze governments and other stakeholders to take action to make energy sector uh, friendly to 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 birds and other wildlife and of course there are other uh, development organizations like uh, you know power africa power africa is a uh, is a is a mechanism by government of usa to ensure that uh, africa is is powered or africa is energized so we are like we are here and we are telling everybody here we are here we are happy to collaborate with you and um, uh, we have what we are calling a you know a you know a, a a toolkit to engage in the sector in a toolkit which ensures that bird life intervenes uh, at the planning stage of power uh, of power uh, or energy projects and the programs we have tools that ensure we intervene at the production stage of power uh, uh, generation and tools that ensure that we engage at power transmission and tools that uh, ensure that we engage at distribution. So whenever we are engaging uh, the stakeholders, we are not in short of tools to facilitate, uh, you know, sustainability in the, in the power sector. And of course, we have, uh, you know, capacity building materials uh, for the for, for the stakeholders and and uh, these tools are you know are available for use by various stakeholders for example when you talk about planning uh, we are looking at uh, sensitivity mapping tools which are pioneer pioneering tools in africa i i don't remember uh, i mean uh, anyone apart from bad life who has been able to develop a sensitivity mapping tool which covers an extensive area like North Africa and Northeast Africa. So this tool is there and it is an open source tool. Uh, stakeholders can go there and use the tool to map the sensitivity of areas that they want to develop uh, their programs or deploy their projects. So that is one. 
uh, on production. <coughs> um, the sensitivity mapping tool helps in proper sighting. And under production, we have also developed tools for mitigation, especially uh, when you look at collision, potential collision between wind turbines and birds. For example, in Egypt, we have been able to develop and deploy a, a shutdown on demand criteria, which the stakeholders are using in Egypt. And it has been really taken up very well uh, to ensure that uh, whenever birds are at risk of being hit by water by wind turbines, there is a process to shut down those, you know, uh, you know those those turbines, and the risk is removed. But beyond that, um, there is a, a lot uh, to do that we are we are, is happening to enhance the collaborations and understanding between country between stakeholders at the national level you remember that you know that when you are doing power power project or power graph, power programs there are many stakeholders that you link up, we have to link up to the environmental authorities the investor the regulator the financial institution so what but what bad life is has been able to do especially through the gef UNDP project is to bring these stakeholders together and say, you know, there is a problem. We all need power. We all need electric uh, power, but we do not have to produce, uh, you know, uh, energize our countries um, at disadvantaged nature. There is a way we can do our power production with with at the same time conserving our birds and uh, we are very happy to say that we've been successful in many respects because these stakeholders have been able to listen to us it is not easy and we hope to spread these successes across africa it's fantastic alex good to hear the, the great uh exciting what you're doing and finally so you've just celebrated a world world Migratory uh, bird day uh, this month. What is your your parting shot, so to speak? Yeah, read. I mean, uh, I mean, w w the World Migratory Bird Day is a is a day which calls uh, all of us to actually reflect on the migratory species. How would the world be without the migratory species? Remember the white stock the black stock, the bald ibis, how would the world be? The migratory species are part and parcel of our lives. It's part of a bigger ecosystem. But the trick is that these are birds that come and go. So the risk is that, oh, I mean, these are birds that will come and go after all. I mean, you know, but the, the reality is that these, the, the, the migratory species are a shared heritage. You know, they belong to all of us. They belong to Kenya, they belong to Tanzania, they belong to Egypt, they belong to Morocco, they belong to Italy. It is a shared resource. And therefore, the World Migratory Birthday calls upon us to reflect and uh, how we can enjoy, how we can live with the migratory birds um, you know, harmoniously. It is a shared heritage. Um, 
it is for everyone to enjoy and cherish migratory birds and uh, my 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 call would be or my you know my call would be i mean let's do what we can in our little ways to think about and take action to conserve migratory species whether at the organization level or at individual level let's enjoy them let's cherish them fantastic thank you alex